It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by NBA betting expert, got Jay Smoove in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NBA Saturday, myself, Smoove. We're going to go ahead. We're going to break down five games for you guys and a couple hot topics. Smoove has been a minute, man, since we went ahead and did some NBA stuff. You and I went ahead. We discussed uh, what we're going to do here for the NBA, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, probably until at least the Super Bowl is out. Going to try to go ahead and knock out Friday podcast for our listeners. So we got Christmas Day games coming up. We got a full slate coming up now. NBA podcast going to get picked back up. How you feeling about everything? What do you think? Yeah, sleepy man. It's been uh, far too long before we, you know, got our got on a, a pod and did you know NBA in a while. You know we've had a real successful run, if I remember correctly, the last time we, you know, had a consistent NBA pod going. Uh, but just glad to get it back going, man. And you know, so far, you know, this NBA season has been uh, really exciting. A lot, a lot of young talent, probably for casual fans that's been watching the league, uh, seeing some new stars here. Uh, you know, not real, you know, thrilled with, uh, you know, how the season's been turning out for my Lakers. I thought it would have been uh, a little bit better. You know, I like Darvin Ham and the system that he's brought in, but, you know, the injuries and uh, some of the stuff carrying over from last year, you know, holding them back. But, you know, if you're um, into the young stars, you know, like a John Morant, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, uh, Luca, you know, some of these younger guys, you know, they've been putting – some big numbers up and there's been some really good games and some, some surprise teams um, that, you know, have been bad, you know, the, over the last, you know, handful of years, but are actually really good and competitive and, and fun to watch right now. So, you know, you mentioned the the Christmas day games, that full slate coming up, excited about those matchups and, you know, the car for to Friday night. Uh, there's a lot of good matchups tonight. So uh, just a lot of exciting NBA basketball to watch. You know, as a fan and and also as a sports better to try to make some cash. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things that I've been excited about recently. Kawhi Leonard finally coming back. Now he's playing. Uh, we got Ben Simmons on the floor with Kyrie and KD. You know, the, the Nets have looked pretty good. So that's been exciting because I think a lot of people had question marks about that team. You got Zion coming back. Uh, the, you know, the Warriors haven't looked good. You know, you just mentioned the Lakers. Um, you know, they haven't looked good either. So there's a lot of cool storylines going on. Some surprise teams, you know, you have, uh, you know, the Kings are playing really well. They're like, you know, they're in the playoff chase right now, a six seed. Even the Pacers are in there, which is a little bit surprising. And the Knicks, I guess, is some surprising team. So uh, you and I, were going to have a breakdown five games for today, and then we'll we'll hit some hot topics. I want to do want to start it out here with a team I just mentioned there, the L.A. Clippers. Uh, they're going to be on the road here in Philadelphia. Current line in this game right now, Philadelphia minus three and a half. We have a total of 215. Sixers right now, they're on a nice six-game winning streak, and all six of those games uh, have come at home here for Philly. This is the final game of the 76ers homestand, and then they'll be hitting the road for a week, and that will start on Christmas Day. The 76ers currently the fifth seed in the East, and the Clippers fifth seed in the West. Clippers are kind of hot. Right now, too, I guess. I mean, they're not, they haven't won six games in a row, but you know, they've won five out of their last six games. And this is the start of a five-game road trip here for the Clippers. So, so it looks like the only key star out for this game is going to be Tyrese Maxey. 
and that should probably be no surprise. Doc Rivers actually said that Maxi is probably going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, this is the first meeting, you know, between these teams for the entire season. Smooth, how are you feeling about this game? You know what? Um, when I was handicapping this matchup, you know, I was really looking at the uh, the total here. You know, open up at two nineteen, and I liked under that number, but you know, it's been a significant drop down to two fifteen right now. So it's uh, I got to lay off this game, but. You know, you was mentioning how well these teams have been playing, you know, coming into this matchup. Um, and both of these teams, I like their season win totals over, you know, going back to the, you know, before the season and preseason numbers. And the Clippers actually had the highest uh, season win total out of all the teams because of you know, how deep they are, you know, with their roster. Um, you know, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard finally being back. You know, he's only played in 12 of the 30-plus games for the Clippers. But, you know, over the last couple weeks or so, He's been coming back and being a little bit more steady in the rotation, and uh, his minutes have been increasing while, you know, not having any setbacks with his body. So that's a great sign for Clippers and Clippers backers. Um, and uh, with Paul George, you know, he's, you know, still playing well. And, you know, the additions that they have, they just have a, a really deep roster here. You know, they have about 11 guys that average, you know, 15 minutes or more a night. And, you know, with Ty Lue, I think, is one of the top five coaches in the league. I think the Clippers will be right there at the end of the season. And, you know, looking at the Sixers here, um, you know, I think uh, James Harden is finally settling settling into his role as, you know, being kind of that pass-first guy um, that this team needs to kind of keep those other guys fed and, you know, let Joel Embiid, you know, lead the way as he's been, a, you know, at the top of the list again this year for an MVP candidate. Uh, wouldn't be a shocker if he – you know, finally won it this year with the numbers that he's producing again. But, you know, him, you know, right where he's at right now, I think this is the perfect role and fit for him to give himself the best chance to win a championship. So I think tonight's matchup is going to be, uh, you know, really tough, like a playoff setting, playoff atmosphere. But, you know, uh, a pick in this game would have been under that total. But for the opening number, but since it's dropped so much, it'll probably just be a pass for me. And I just keep my eye on the game and, you know, uh, for entertainment value and some notes moving forward. All right. I mean, it's, it's probably annoying, you know, for you, the fact that, you know, you were liking that total at 219, going ahead and thinking about playing that under, and it just dropped so much. But I will say this, and, you know, this is one of the things that we do at pregame.com is, you know, we're based in Vegas, and we have a lot of listeners that, you know, come out of there. But Smooth will probably tell you that betting in Vegas has become harder and harder. Uh, one, because of the time difference. But two, you know, a lot of the Vegas books shut down. Even some of the apps shut down. So, you know, for betting for Smooth has become probably even more difficult. Because one of the things that a lot of the sharp guys have noticed, especially the guys that are in Vegas, is that the East Coast people are just getting a hold of these games as soon as they come out. And it's not always at an optimal time you know, for the West Coast guys, and it kind of screws them. So, you know, guys like Smooth, guys like Steve Fezzik, and, and the, you know, the betters that we have that are out there uh, in Vegas that are, you know, with pregame.com, they have to be dialed in. Like, they, they can't take time off. They have to know when the lines are coming out, when they need to bet these games, because they're going to move. So, like Smooth was saying, you know, he liked the total of 219. He thought under was, or, you know, was the way to go. And, um, you know, that, that it just moved so much on him. So, I don't know if you got a bet down on that Smooth, but um, I'm guessing that this isn't something that, um, you know, was new to you, that you, you know, you need to make sure that you're attacking these lines as, as soon as possible, right? 
Yeah, that's right, Sleepy. And, you know, another thing to mention is, you know, when these uh, lines get, you know, when these lines are posted, you know, in Vegas here, um, you know, we can see them, you know, at, at the at the books or at the sites or whatever, especially at, at pregame, you know, for the game center. But a lot of times when you go out and, and, um, and make these bets, um, you know, at the numbers that you like, you know, if you're handicapping your own numbers, um, sometimes you won't be uh, able to, to bet it until, you know, like you mentioned, until the, the casinos or the books or the apps, you know, open back up the next day. But by the time they open up the next day, you know, that number could move so much. So, you know, like you said, you know, you know, being out here, you definitely have to be on top of it as much as you can. But, you know, um, I keep, you know, praying and wishing and speaking in existence in one day, maybe we'll get a, you know, a fan duel or a DraftKings out here in Vegas and, you know, we'll have, a little bit more availability um, like you guys do have on the East Coast. I think that that's exactly what you need. Um, you need a book out there that, that's going to have some nuts and we'll be willing to put, you know, all those bets out there on the line. And look, even if, you know, some of the sharp guys out there get limited, but at least give the people the option. Like if you're going to kick them out of the book, well, then good. All right. You know, whatever, kick them out of the book. But at least let some of these people at least be able to digest what it's like to you know, be able to play at a book like that and have fun at least betting, you know, player props and all kinds of fun stuff. I don't know, but it, it's, you know, it's a completely different world. This line for me makes sense at three and a half. For me, the total right now seems about right at 215. I do question some of the wins that Phillies had over this recent six game winning streak. Uh, I see a few bad teams in the mix there. Now you're going to end up getting a full dose of PG and Kawhi. Kawhi's minutes right now are at 26 and a half, maybe 27 minutes per game. Last game out, he played like 31. I think Kawhi is, is ramped up here 100%. Like now it's it's kind of go time. You know, we're already, what, 30, 31 games in this season. So if you get a full dose of Kawhi tonight, full dose of, uh, full dose of Paul George, I would probably lean to go ahead and take the points here with the Clippers. So that's what I would think. I would probably lean towards the Clippers. I don't have a play on this either. I probably won't put any money on this one. But just to go ahead and talk about this game and talk about some likes and some leans, it'd be a lean here for me uh, with the Clippers. Let's jump over to our next game here. Uh, we have Milwaukee. We have Brooklyn. Brooklyn will be at home here. Brooklyn minus two and a half. We have a total of 229. Some of you had mentioned that Kyrie might not have been uh, you know, available for this game. But recently, he's been upgraded to probably going to go ahead and he's going to end up going tonight for the for the Nets, so I'm not sure how you see this game, but we got Brooklyn minus two and a half total, two twenty nine. What do you think? Yeah, this was a another game total I was looking at, and I was looking at the uh, under. You know, handicapping this last night um, when it was you know questionable or doubtful that Kyrie would be available to play, it was about two twenty five and a half. And you know, early this morning it was uh, he was officially ruled in, and it shot up to two twenty nine. So I think there's value to play this under, you know, my numbers I had to set at 220, 221. And, you know, right now the public's all over the over with more than 80%, you know, of the tickets uh, on this over. And I think when they look at, you know, these two teams, you know, the Bucks and the Nets have so much offensive firepower now that Kyrie will be out there on the floor with Kevin Durant and Giannis. But, you know, when these teams have gotten together, because this goes back to, uh, playoff matchup um you know a couple years ago when the bucks won the championship um they beat um they beat you know the nets to to go to the finals um and this is also a, a division matchup but the last 14 matchups it's 11 2 and 1 
to the under and four one and one in the last six meetings in Brooklyn to the under. So I think there's a lot of value in playing this number to the under, and especially since we got Kyrie officially ruled in with that uh, total, you know, jumping up, you know, three and a half points there. You know, I'll look to play that 229, you know, under the total there. All right. So I have a couple of thoughts in this game there. So we'll see if you agree with some of my thoughts here. One, I think that this is the Brooklyn team that we were waiting for. Um, but we get it like Harden's not there anymore. It's now Ben Simmons. And we were probably optimistic last year that this team could be good. And it just didn't pan out. But I think a lot of people realize like this could be a good team. Well, right now they're playing their best basketball. They've won 11 out of their last 12 games. And if there's ever a team that they want to really go ahead and flex their muscle again, it's against this Bucks team. So Brooklyn's playing their best basketball. Good defensive team. Ben Simmons actually looks like Ben Simmons for once. Um, and look, I don't want to say anything bad about the guy. I think legitimately he had a back injury. I think there were some mental stuff that he was battling. Uh, you know, but that's one thing that Philly will do. They'll beat you up. That's a tough town to go in and play sports for, especially if you're not delivering. And um, I think a lot of his issues and stuff like that were legitimate, but he looks healthy for once here. Middleton's not going to play in this game tonight, and I think that that's probably going to be an issue here for the Bucks. But Giannis right now is listed as day-to-day. Now, it says he's probable, but I'll tell you right now, a lot of these games, like when you see guys that are probable, they end up becoming late scratches. I would not be surprised if Giannis sits tonight because they might not want to go ahead and put Giannis on the floor with Ben Simmons out there and Kyrie and KD. They might just not want to give Brooklyn like not a really good look um, with this, you know, with this matchup right now. Uh, because you, I, I get it, like Middleton's not going to be there, but boy, it'll kind of throw Brooklyn a little bit for a loop. You know, if Giannis isn't out there and Middleton's not out there, it just becomes a little bit tougher to game plan for. Because both of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. I think that that's, you know, pretty much set in stone unless, you know, we end up with, with some type of massive injury. But I think the Nets really try to put put it on, on the Bucks here tonight. I think the line uh, makes sense because of, you know, who these teams are and what they've been. But I don't think that um, – I don't think people are taking it into consideration, you know, how good this Nets team's playing right now. And that was something that you and I had talked about in the past there. So it was like, you know, when can we get ahead of a team? I still feel like there's probably time with this Nets team, even though they've been red hot, to probably go ahead and, and really start looking to go ahead and back this team because they're hitting their stride right now. And look, maybe we're a couple games behind, maybe we're a week behind. I don't know. But I think that at some point we probably need to start considering going ahead and playing the Nets because this could be the NBA champion of the league this year. And I don't think a lot of people would probably argue against that. they got a pretty damn good roster. But I think they look to put it on on Milwaukee tonight. I think Giannis can only do so much. And if he's health, if he's not healthy right now and he has a little knee soreness or whatever's going on, uh, maybe he gets pulled out of this game or he just gets sat before that. So what I would recommend is that you play the Nets now. Just if you like them, play the two and a half now because if Giannis goes out, this line's probably going to seven, eight points. And you're going to be sitting with the Nets with uh, a really good ticket with no Giannis on the floor, no Middleton on the floor, and you're going to have Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons with that this team's just running red hot right now. So there's no way I could play the Bucks. I can only look towards the Nets. I think the Nets probably look to put a beating on them. I think they cover this number two and a half, even if Giannis plays tonight. So that's kind of where I'm at with that entire game there, Smooth. But I like Brooklyn quite a bit. Uh, if I had to make a best bet for the podcast, this would – 
probably be in the running, but we'll wait until the end and see if I can come up with anything else. But that's where I'm at with that one. Yeah, Sleepy, um, I agree with everything you said about the Nets. You know, um, took Ben Simmons a little bit of time to, you know, to find his stride after missing, you know, all all of last year and, and dealing with that back injury. But, you know, I didn't really lose um, that hope in him because, you know, going into the Nets situation, he wasn't going to be asked to do a lot offensively as far as scoring because Kyrie and KD would lead the way. Um, and, you know, uh, also since they've, you know, moved on from Steve Nash, this is when uh, the Nets team is starting to re- started to resemble what we expected them to look like, and it started on the defensive end. And you know the the Nets, you know, with Ben Simmons out there, their defense is uh, has been really good. And ever since Kyrie has come back from dealing with his situation, you know, he's been uh, playing really great basketball, and they've been playing really great team basketball overall. You know, winning nine of their last uh, ten and eleven of their last twelve. So. You know, I agree with you. Um, I didn't catch that Giannis was going to be a is a is a game time decision. You know, leaning towards the plan, but you know, there's a, a possibility that he could sit and you know, um, getting you know, laying three with the Nets without a, a, a Middleton and possibly Giannis uh, would be extremely valuable, especially on the Nets' home court. While the uh, Bucks have been struggling and, and dealing with uh, their road uh, road issues, they're they're uh, not a profitable team on the road. And, you know, they're just coming off a loss to the Cavs on the road. And they do have uh, the uh, the Christmas Day matchup with the Celtics that they um, – I think it's hard to over- overlook the Nets, but that, you know, uh, that matchup with the Celtics on Christmas Day, everybody's uh, looking at that as far as the Eastern Conference, you know, uh, finals. So um, they might want to rest, rest Giannis up as, you know, he carries a, a heavy load and, you know, have him – you know, uh, fully healthy and rest, rested and ready to go Christmas Day when they battle the Celtics. Yeah, and the reason I say that is I want to go back maybe like two days ago, Smooth, and I don't know if it was Luca. I think it was Luca. I think there were a couple guys, but they were big-name players, and uh, they all sat, and they were all projected to go ahead and play. So, I don't know. It's becoming an issue, and I think you would agree with that. Um, that just the, the, There's just way too many stars right now just missing games. I mean, back in the day, and look, I get it. It's back in the day. It's, you know, get off my lawn type of guy. But Michael Jordan didn't miss games like this. Like, those guys didn't miss games um, the way that these guys are missing games right now. Um, Something's got to be done um, one way or another. And a lot of people think that penalizing players is is the way to go. I actually think the opposite would be beneficial. Now, I don't know if you think about this move, but I do want to ask you this is that I don't know if you saw a couple of days back, but I think um, somebody got fined. Maybe it was the Nets. I'm not sure who it was. But some team got fined like $25,000. And it was because they ended up sitting a, a ton of players. Maybe it was – I don't think it was the Heat, but let's just say it was the Nets. Like they're, they're penalizing these players, and um, the NFL does the same thing. And I talked about a specific play in a football game where uh, Fletcher Cox clearly could have – pancaked Ryan Tannehill clearly pancaked him and he didn't he held him up and he and he like backed off him and and you can clearly tell that he was following what the NFL has been laying down it was like if you you know slam this guy down or you land on him or pancake him you're getting a, a flag and you're getting a fine all right great and I started thinking about it I'm like well that guy on national tv completely did the right thing like this is what they want why don't you incentivize that guy 
Why not say, well, we're collecting millions and millions. I think they collected $11 million in fines last year of the NFL. Well, why not, when Fletcher Cox does that, why not go out there and say, hey, no, here's here's uh, some of the money back that you probably got fined for, you know, over the last couple of years and say, here, you know, here's a, here's a $35,000 check or a $50,000 check. Let's give you something back. And I think that in the NBA, they, they can do something similar to where you're not penalizing players constantly, that there's something out there to incentivize them to go out and play where, hey, maybe if they end up playing in, let's just say, 80 percent of the road games, it was like there's there's something built in there. You know, because they just hand out fines left and right. And I don't want to, you know, have this brought in out of context, but like the majority of the NFL and the NBA, they're black players. That's what it is. And it feels to me, it's moving. I don't know, you know, you're, you're a black guy. It feels to me like we're taking these players to court instead of finding ways to incentivize them. And I think that that's one way that the NBA might be able to fix some of this because you, I think you would agree, like, it's going to come out to where it, it, players just get fine. It was like, well, that's just bullshit. Like, where are we giving players the power to make a decision on, you know, what, hey, look, if KD wants to sit out and he wants to take a fine, that's great. And, and guys like that can afford that. But there's a lot of players out there that can't. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of just venting out a little bit of, of, you know, the way that I feel. But when you, you know, have money put down and it's like, hey, Luca just sat out. Giannis just sat out. These guys were supposed to play tonight. I went ahead, I, I paid all this money for tickets. I thought I was going to be able to see John Morant tonight. And instead, uh, you know, I get no John Morant. I get no Bane. I end up getting, you know, a bunch of guys off the bench. I'm pissed off as a fan. So some way, shape, or form, they got to fix it up. So I'm just throwing all that out on the table there, Smooth. I'll let you go ahead and digest it, break it down. Tell me what you think about that. But that's just just kind of how I feel right now. I don't uh, totally disagree with some of, your, some of those theories as far as um... – you know, incentivizing players, you know, when they're, you know, looking out for the uh, the product of the game. Um, but, you know, just looking at the salaries that they have, um, I wouldn't necessarily say they should be incentivized for, for playing because, you know, you have, you know, bench players or role players, you're making, you know, close to 10 to 20 million a year. And, you know, your top of the line players are making somewhere between, you know, 40, you know, 30 to 40 million a year. So I think, I think they're fine with that. But as far as, you know, having, you know, uh, the ability, having the ability to, to reduce, you know, star players missing games and missing primetime games. Um, this goes back to something that I've said for a, a few years now is where, you know, I would like to see the the NBA eliminate the, the three games and four nights situations because over the last, you know, couple of years, you know, that's when a lot of the players, role players and star players will, will sit out the most. Or you can expect a star players to sit out the most is when they're playing their their third game in four nights on the back to back traveling and stuff like that. You know, so that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Um, and even going back to coming off the season after the, the pandemic, when the Lakers won the championship in the bubble, you know, the, the NBA started their schedule you know, um, on, on Christmas Day. So it gave the players a, a little bit more time in the offseason to rest and uh, and heal up. And then also they didn't go up and, and battle, you know, with the NFL, you know, once they're coming down to, uh, to you know, playoffs in the NFL. So uh, that was something that I would like to see would be, you know, eliminate the, the three games and four nights situation, you know, maybe outside of baseball, um, 
you know, NBA doesn't, you know, uh, NFL, college uh, football and basketball doesn't have as uh, as a demanding, you know, uh, schedule, you know, on on their players. And I think that they have the ability to to extend their season a little bit into the summer and and not really, you know, um, you know, compete much with with baseball as, you know, baseball starting up, um, you know, NBA would be, you know, finishing up the finals. But, you know, just extending the season and, and giving their players a little bit more time to rest through the season and, you know, stop condensing and, and crunching games into a, a, a small time frame. I think that's something that will benefit the players and benefit the league and benefit, you know, um, you know, these companies that, you know, pay a lot of money for the NBA product and, you know, want to see their uh, star players out there playing, and especially in a uh, prime time and key spots. So. You know, that would be something that I would like to see the the league do, uh, eliminate that three-game and four-night situation. Well, I think if one guy can get that done, that's probably Adam Silver. I don't know what you think about him, Smooth, but I think he's been great for the NBA you know, since he stepped in there. I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but I, I really like Adam Silver. I think he's done a great job. Yeah, I think he's been I, – I like him too. Uh, I think he's been uh, probably the, com- the best commissioner out of all the professional leagues, you know, going right now. And uh, he really takes a liking – to to his players and really uh works well with them and listens to them as far as what they need and uh i think they do a good compromise but i think that's something that they need to to compromise now on you know really uh coming up in that next cba agreement because uh their investors and uh people that pay a lot of money for the league to to put on their television networks are are starting to complain about you know so many players sitting out uh, on a regular basis yeah they're gonna have to be uh you know, a happy medium, but I do agree with you with, with Silver. He's probably been the best commissioner. I think him and him and Dana White uh, over the last probably like three years have really picked their sports up and, and did a lot, especially when COVID came because COVID was, you know, a pain in the ass for everybody. But I felt like those two sports in general really did a good job. Let's go. Let's jump into our next game here. We have the Pelicans. They'll be on the road at OKC. OKC minus two. We have a high total on this one there. Smooth 233 and a half. Uh, it looks like Zion's probably not going to play tonight. This line kind of looks a little too good to be true. This is kind of like the square guys game right here. Uh, they're going to look at the Pelicans record. They're going to look at OKC's record, and more than likely they're going to bet the Pelicans. Uh, when you see a line that's too good to be true and it, it just stinks and it, and it looks a little funky, um, you probably want to go ahead and bet the team that you don't think is probably the right side. So it, this is an easy play for me, Smooth. I'll bet OKC. I'll take the two points just because it doesn't look right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the Pelicans would look like without Zion um, tonight. And, look, at, at some point, OKC was was going to get better and break through with the, with the crew that they had. And it's not like they're playing bad basketball. They've won 14 games already this season. So they're not playing bad basketball. So the only way I could look in this one is probably OKC minus two. I would probably lean slightly to the under because I think with, you know, with Zion off the floor um, – that the Pelicans could struggle to go ahead and score because they've been using him just so much um, that you take him off the floor now, and it's going to jank up the offense a little bit here, I think. So OKC for me, lean to the under. That's where I'm at with that game. What do you think? You know, I, I agree with you with the uh, the OKC side, but I would probably look to play OKC on the money line as it's under three and can get, you know, minus 130 or, or less on, uh, on OKC just to win the game outright. You know, Pelicans are on the – Second night of a back-to-back, and you mentioned, you know, Zion is going to be out again. He's in health and safety protocols. 
And, you know, with them missing the first game, you know, uh, last night, I believe against the Spurs, you know, you had guys step up, you know, CJ McCollum, he had 40 points and a near triple double. And, you know, I was, uh, I was wrong on the, on the Pelicans at the beginning of this beginning of this season. Um, I didn't think that they would be as good as they are right now. And they're currently, you know, one of the three best teams, you know, in the, in the West and they have, you know, one of the best, you know, margin of victories, you know, on their home floor and, uh, and away, you know, but going up against this OKC team, you know, like you mentioned, you know, eventually they're going to pop, you know, they have a lot of young talent, you know, led by Shea Gilgis Alexander. I know a lot of casual fans aren't really familiar with him, you know, being with a, a small market team, but I would advise you to, to really start paying attention to him with the numbers that he's been putting up and some of the things that he's been doing in these games against some of the best, uh, best point guards that you, that you, uh, that are more well known than him. Um, this OKC team is, is fun and exciting to watch, especially when he's on the floor with the Josh Gideon. I think they'll be even uh, better, you know, next year, you know, when they get Chet Holgram, who was their number two pick this year, but uh, this OKC team has, has improved a lot. Uh, this year compared to last year you know last year they was losing by you know eight points a game and this year they're losing by only you know one and a half points a game and on their home floor they're winning by about a point and a half so you know catching the pelicans you know in a tough spot in the second night of a back-to-back without zion you know having those uh having those players around them um around cj mccullum having to step up for a second night i think it would be a little bit tough so you know, I'm I'm with you on the OKC side, but I'll just take them, you know, outright uh, to win the game, you know, laying it on the money line, uh, minus 130 or less. Yeah, I'm not sure that the Pelicans come in here even motivated to win this game tonight. You know, they're 19-12 on the season, and they've been they've been pretty good. Um, I think the question – there are still questions, you know, surrounding this Pelicans team. Uh, one of the things that I didn't know is is how good Zion was. And that was my big question coming into into the year. And I think you and I had discussed this. I asked you uh, earlier on in the year, you know, how good Zion, does he move the needle enough? Does, is this, you know, a guy that, you know, could enter a roster that could end up getting his team, you know, maybe to, you know, a title game. So uh, right now I, he's just, he's, he's too fast for centers and he's just too big for guards. But we, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot with him, Ingram and McCollum on the floor. So. Um, the jury's still out, I think, for the Pelicans. I think that team's pretty damn good, so uh, we'll see with that. Um, all right, why don't we do – let's do the Portland game. We got Portland at Denver. Denver going to be minus 4.5, and, and we have a total of 232. It looks like Portland's going to be pretty much – I don't know, I want to say completely healthy, but pretty healthy tonight. Uh, the only real injury concern here that you have to keep an eye on is Jamal Murray. It's probably going to be a game-time decision. I'm not sure if he's going to play tonight because Denver has to play uh, on Christmas. They're going to be playing the Suns on Christmas. So uh, do keep an eye out for that one. Smooth, curious how you feel about Portland-Denver tonight. You know, I was uh, – I would lean towards Denver here. Um, you know, on their home court, they've been one of the best teams in the league. And, and Portland, they're coming off a loss to that OKC team we just finished talking about. And uh, – you know, Dame didn't really shoot the ball all that well. I think he went six of nineteen from the field. But uh, Denver, you know, at home, you know, they're winning by about nine and a half points of uh, points a game. And whether you know Jamal Murray plays or not, um, I don't think that's going to be too much of a factor here because you know they've obviously spent a lot of time playing without Jamal Murray, so they're a little bit used to it. And when he's out, you know, Jokic takes over uh, 
more responsibility as like that point center. And, you know, um, I know Giannis is, you know, regarded as probably the best player in the league right now, but I wouldn't count out Jokic, you know, to hold that title because uh, I think he can do everything, you know, Giannis does, but, you know, he's just not athletic like Giannis. But as far as scoring, uh, passing, rebounding, being efficient, uh, nobody does it better than Jokic. And um, I don't think Portland has a matchup, you know, with Jokic, whether it be, you know, a player or two to try to put on him or just a type of a scheme to try to slow him down. I think Jokic can do it just about whatever he wants to do. And with uh, Denver on their home court, um, they're one of the best teams, you know, in the league, you know, like a lot of teams are right now uh, on their home court. So, you know, I would lean that way with Denver, you know, laying the four, four and a half. All right. You know, when you talked about Denver, when we first went ahead and talked to NBA for the season way back, that was a team that you were really high on. I think you had their team total over uh, currently Denver, number one team in the West. So it looks like you're going to be right on that one. And this was a team that I was a little pessimistic on because I was worried, you know, when you bring in a Michael Porter Jr., when you bring in, you know, a Jamal Murray, players that haven't seen the floor in a while, players that really can't stay healthy, Michael Porter obviously hurt uh, again. I was worried that Jokic's role was going to change so much. And it really hasn't happened. I mean, as of right now, it hasn't had to happen. So I wonder if his role is going to change at some point. But, I mean, this dude's been in the league for what now, like eight, nine years. And his progression, I don't think you could probably find a better progression from, like, you know, what he was doing to me. He averaged like seven rebounds, two assists in his first year, you know, uh, 10 points per game. And now he's averaging 25, 11, and basically almost 10. So, I mean, you know, you want to, you know, bring up best players in, in the world right now. Uh, you know, you talk about Curry, you talk about KD, you talk about Giannis. You have to mention this guy. Um, you know, he's in line right now to potentially three-peat as the MVP. Smooth, how many MVPs, uh, you know, have three-peated? Um, Bird and, and Wilt and Bill Russell, I think that's the list, right? Yeah, uh, real short list. So he's able to accomplish that. Uh, he'll, you know, uh, be at the table with those guys. That's an interesting table to be at. I did not think that um, Larry Bird was a three-time MVP um, champion, uh, winner, um, let alone three years in a row, especially when, when, you know, you had Michael, you had Magic, uh, Moses Malone, and guys like that way back then. I I didn't think that, that Bird would uh, be a three-peater, but uh, he was. And I think Jokic actually stands a pretty good chance uh, to go ahead and do that. For me, I don't know. This is a tough game. I could see the under maybe coming in here. Maybe Portland tonight. I don't know. I'm going to pass this one. It's just it's tough. And I feel like I've been um, trying to fade both of these teams when it came to coming into the season. I thought that Denver would regress a little bit. As I mentioned, I thought Jokic would have some struggles uh, with the role that he might play. And I wasn't fully sold on on the Blazers. But both these teams are playing well. Portland's tailed off a little bit, but Dame missed uh, a decent amount of time. So, I don't know. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to pass that. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably the safest way for me to go. Just what we talked about a lot of teams right now in the West. We talked Portland. We talked Denver, New Orleans. We talked about the Clippers. If you had to go ahead and, and pick a team right now to go ahead and win the West, you know, give me – you don't have to give me, like, the winner, but – Give me like two teams right now that you just say, you know what, these two teams will probably be um, right there competing at the end. 
Um, you know, I'm glad you said two because it was kind of a tough decision for me to pick between these two. So my first one would be the Clippers at, you know, plus 380 at DraftKings. And my second one would be, you know, these Denver Nuggets that we just talked about. Um, you know, I like the Clippers, you know, um, coming into the year, you know, like we already, like I already stated, uh, I think they have the deepest roster, you know, in the league. And, you know, the more that Kawhi is on the floor uh, and playing, I think that's only going to be better for them. And kind of the same thing with the Nuggets here. Uh, obviously, we've seen what Jokic does in being the two-time MVP, but the healthier that they get uh, with, you know, Jamal Murray and adding Michael Porter Jr. back into the mix. Um, you know, they're already one of the top teams, you know, in the West. And I don't think they'll, you know, have any drop off there, um, you know, as as more healthier that they uh, that they get. So uh, my top two teams would be, uh, you know, the Clippers, you know, or, or the Nuggets. All right. Um, I would have two different teams. I still think the Warriors are nobody that you want to mess with. Um, to be honest with you, I just think that roster is just so deep. I know they haven't looked good this year. Their depth is um, is an issue. Their bench is just not playing well. And I think that that's one of the upsides for the Clippers. Um, you know, they're starting rotations deep, but their bench is deep too. Um, so I think the Clippers are certainly a factor. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll say the Warriors are going to be there too. But I think the team that, that really stands out to me, it, it is the Pelicans. I think once they get Zion, Ingram, and – McCollum on the floor. Um, that's just a three-headed monster that nobody wants to deal with. And then, you know, defensively, that team's really picked it up. So I think that it's probably going to be between the Warriors, the Pelicans, and I don't want to rule the Clippers out just because they're so deep. I think those three teams um, are going to be there. The only thing that I that I say about Denver uh, in a negative light here, Smooth, and maybe even the Clippers, is the point guard position. Like, I think you really need some guards. I think that that's been one of the struggles here. You know, with Denver over the last couple of years, they just, they haven't had a healthy guy, and and I don't know what I'm going to get from Jamal Murray. You know, when the playoffs come, if he could play like he did that one playoff run, well then hell, you know, Denver could win it all. But right now, I, I need to see some more, uh, you know, with the point guard position from at least from the Clippers in Denver, you know, to go ahead and, and move them in there. And I think I'm I'm pretty solid with guys like McCollum and and obviously Curry. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But it, the West is shaping up to be nice. I mean. You, we talked a little bit about the Lakers and um, they're only like six games out of first place. So the West is tight right now. So a lot, that is going to be an interesting battle. I think health is going to be interesting coming down. If you could stay healthy and you can go ahead and some of these teams just can't win on the freaking road, which is crazy. Like golden state. I mean, what are they smooth? They won like three games all year. Like some of these teams have to stay healthy. Some of these teams have to start winning some games on the road. These teams playing on their home floors right now is like night and day versus the road. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that before we get into our final game here, which will be Memphis and Phoenix. But, you know, what, what do you make of Golden State's road struggles? And what do you make of like some of these teams, uh, you know, just winning games at home and then not winning on the road? I actually think that these teams not winning on a road smooth actually goes back to going ahead and talking about, you know, players resting. And it's like, you know, some of, that's why I said, like, if you could play like 80% of your road games, you deserve some type of an incentive. I see a lot of players, like star players for teams, sitting out when they're on the road. So maybe it's a combination of that. Maybe that's something that, that we maybe want to drill down on a little bit further and say, you know what, like, we don't want to keep backing these teams on the road. We only want to back them at home. So I don't know, but just throwing that out there, a little Golden State, little uh, little home court advantage maybe when the playoffs come. 
Yeah, um, Golden State is probably the biggest glare as far as their home road splits. You know, um, at home, they're about 10 and a half points uh, uh, better with their margin of victory. And on the road, they're about, you know, 10 and a half points worse, you know, with their margin of victory. And, you know, they've uh, they've missed uh, they missed Curry, you know, the last few games. But even with he was in the lineup, you know, they was getting, you know, beat on the road. You know, they're one of the they were the worst road team um um in the league you know three and 16 straight up four and 15 ats um so i was listening to steve kurt talk about the road woes for the warriors and if we go back to the beginning of uh of last year um they made a commitment to in their rotation to go with veterans um we're talking about Otto porter jr um gary payton the second um Andre Iguodala and a couple other guys, you know, coming off that bench, um, they committed to, you know, playing instead of their young guys. And, you know, he said that, you know, if there were some young guys that developed into, you know, deserving minutes, you know, consistent minutes coming off the bench, then they would, you know, play those guys. Um, and this year um, they went to all young guys. You know, they lost Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr. went to Toronto. So they're playing younger guys like Moses Moody, uh, James Wiseman, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. And, you know, they just haven't been as impactful this year as they were last year where the veterans were leading the way off the bench. And I think that's had a lot, a, a lot to do with their, with their struggles on the road. And, you know, just looking at teams, you know, uh, healthier this year, uh, you know, and taking a step, you know, like New Orleans, uh, Memphis, uh, we, 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 we just finished talking about Denver. So playing a lot of those teams and, and we also with the surprise of the Utah jazz, you know, we were on the jazz, you know, uh, going back to last year that, you know, this would be a team that would be tanking and, you know, they did everything, uh, everything went right for them to tank, but this year they still have a, a lot of good players and they're winning and they're still in that playoff hunt. So, um, you know, the West is, you know, pretty much jumbled up. Um, and, you know, you know, like you mentioned, these teams, you know, winning, you know, at home and not on the road um, with their home court. Uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, you know, being a couple years removed from COVID. Um, if you go, if you remember, you know, a lot of teams um, or a lot of games being taking place with no fans in the crowd um, and, you know, being two years removed from that and the pandemic kind of, you know, winding down and, and being a little bit more controlled than when, what it once was, I think you're seeing a lot more, you know, people fill up their home crowds and cheer on their teams as they have, you know, young and, and exciting talent and home crowd, you know, getting back to being a, a real big factor and also throwing the combination of, like you mentioned, with a lot of these players sitting, you know, on road, uh, on road games or back-to-back situations and long road trips, um, so I think there's just a lot of combinations why, you know, uh, home home court advantage is is a value, you know, really high right now this year and the struggles of the Warriors on the road this year as well. I love that smooth. And I think that's one of probably the, the smartest things and things that you identified probably over the last couple of years of us doing podcasts is that, you know, we, we have to take a look at home court advantage and home field advantage and things like that. And the COVID situation, I think. Like you said, it, it, it's probably shocked teams into reality. Like, oh, shit, 
Like now we got to go and not only play Phoenix, but we got to play them in their house with their crowd uh, at full throat. Um, it's something that we, you know, because some of these teams only see, you know, a team two year, two times a year or four times a year. And now you're stepping into, um, you know, kind of a, a full throated situation. It's not easy, especially when, you you know, you, you haven't seen it for, you know, a couple of years, but it seems like it's getting back. So I think now is, is probably the time to where, you know, had you downgraded home court and home field advantage that, you know, we start looking to really upgrade it, but upgrade it more in the NBA, you know, more than football because football came out of the gates. They were like, we don't care. We're playing. We're putting fans in the stands anyway. So, but yeah, um, I agree with you with that. Uh, totally hundred percent. I think we do need to take a little bit more, uh, a little bit more consideration on, you know, what's going on with the home teams and, and what's going on here, obviously with teams on, on the road. So interesting stuff there. Uh, let's go. Let's wrap up the pod there. So let's close it up here with Memphis. They're going to be on the road uh, at Phoenix. Memphis right now minus two and a half. We have a total of 226. Uh, big injury note for this one. Devin Booker will not play tonight uh, for the Suns. It looks like Desmond Bain actually might go here for for the Grizzlies. I like this Memphis team when Bain's on the floor. I had talked about him uh, on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast with um, with McKenzie. Actually, Smooth, you'll have a pick. We're going to go ahead and do that pod tonight, so you'll have a pick on there uh, tonight for that podcast. But talked a little bit about Desmond Bain, and I thought how uh, you know how important he was to that team and, and actually like how many points he's worth to the line because a lot of people have no clue who Desmond Bain is. But he's a pretty damn good basketball player. Like I would think right now he's probably worth at least two and a half points uh, to the betting line. So him coming back might be a little bit of a, a jump start tonight. I could probably really only look – uh, right now at Memphis, just because the Suns are going to be without Booker. Uh, Booker's just too damn good. And I don't know. I, I feel like Memphis is, is probably the better team. They're a really good rebounding team. So um, I don't know what Aiton's going to be able to do against you know, guys like Jackson and Adams and, and guys like Dylan. Like those guys are going to create a probably a pretty big issue here uh, for the Suns. So be Memphis for me, minus the two and a half. Total 226, no lean or like on the, on the, on the total there. But that's the way I would look in that game. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you, Sleepy. It'll, it'll have to be a, a Memphis or pass uh, uh, for me as well. Um, it's kind of funny how, you know, much we just talked about home court. And, you know, this is a home court, uh, uh, home and road splits that kind of favor the Suns. But when you consider all of the, um, the issues that the Suns are dealing with right now, you mentioned they're going to be without, you know, Devin Booker. But, you know, also they're going to be without campaign. And uh, you know Jack uh, Jock Landale, and uh, you know Josh Kogi could also miss this game as well. And they're already without Cam Johnson and, and Jay Crowder from last year, who is their starting four man. <clears throat> you know hasn't played all year, so um, they're kind of the the Suns have kind of been getting by the last couple of games. You know dealing with you know guys in and out the lineup, and you know um, you know they have this game here. Um, where they're going to deal with that again before their Christmas game. And, you know, they're going to go on the road, you know, for Christmas. And they could possibly be, you know, getting their their Christmas uh, Christmas in order, you know, either tonight or tomorrow, seeing that they're going to start a real, you know, uh, uh, heavy long uh, road trip, you know, after this game here. So I'm not really quite sure how, you know, um, how focused and motivated they are for this game with a, a Grizzlies team coming in that's, uh, you know, uh, could win the West as well. And they're coming off of, uh, I guess you can say, an embarrassing loss, 
you know, to the Nuggets, you know, losing by 14 or 15 on the road. Uh, final score, you know, made that game a, a, a little bit closer than what it actually was. But, you know, talking a little bit about Desmond Bain, you know, um, um, you mentioned him earlier. You know, I, I was really high on Desmond Bain. And I remember when he first went out, you know, I thought this was going to be a, a, a big loss for the Grizzlies. You know, he was averaging 25, 5, and 5, and he was almost a, a 50, 40, 90 guy. And the Grizzlies were about seven and a half points better when he's on the floor. But, um, you know, they've maintained their, uh, their, their standing, you know, in the West. And, you know, starting tonight and hopefully moving forward, you know, this would be the first game that their big three, you know, but John ja Morant, Bain, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. will play, you know, for the first time, you know, this season. And, you know, with Phoenix having so many key guys out of their rotation out, you know, for this one, uh, that's why it would probably just be Memphis or Pats for me. And finally, I think I think the one important thing that you mentioned was, like, yeah, they got blown out by Denver. Go back to that game that they played. They got absolutely blasted in the first quarter. Like, they were out of that game right from the beginning. And then I think they hung tough the last three quarters. I think they ended up losing, like, the first quarter with, like, 26 points. And then the game prior to that, John Morant got ejected. So it was like, hey, you know, you, know, you lose back-to-back games. Maybe it looks, you know, maybe it looks a little bad uh, on paper. But, yeah, it'd be Memphis for me uh, with that game. But that'll wrap it up, guys. Glad to have Smooth back on ahead talking NBA. Um, I think we started on this podcast. What time did we jump on here, Smooth? Somewhere around 11. So we've been going for like two and a half hours already talking. So that's what we do. Um, hopefully we'll go ahead and get more podcasts for you guys out. Uh, you know, throughout the week, once once the NFL wraps up, it's it's tough uh, trying to go ahead and, and find time, you know, with uh, with the NFL and college football and all that stuff going. But Smooth and I are back. Glad to go ahead and do a podcast uh, for you guys. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Smooth underscore 702. You guys could always get us at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games. <laughs>